All right, good to see you back in the house of God tonight, amen. And I want to say I'm glad I'm saved on my way to heaven. And I thank God for His mercy. Grab your Bibles, please. Turn to Acts chapter number 28 tonight. Acts chapter number 28. And while you're turning, I want to say to the Faith Baptist Church that I appreciate all your kindness and your hospitality to me this week and uh, being so friendly to me. I know you don't know me, uh, but uh, if you're born again, we have, we're in the same family. And uh, I've not felt uh, like a stranger this week. You've welcomed me in, and I do appreciate your kindness. I do appreciate your pastor. He's God's man, and I'm glad there is a man of God in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Amen. And you take care of him and love him and follow him as he follows Christ, and God will bless you. Now, it's Wednesday night. It's his hump day, yeah, and we got to get over it. And uh, I rested today, but I'm still tired. And I'm going to make you a promise. I'm going to preach about 20 minutes. And if God don't do something in 20 minutes, we're going to the house. I'm being serious. If God don't do something, we are going home. And I just started my clock. If God ain't doing something, God is going through. We are going home because the heart can only receive what the seat can endure. Amen. Acts chapter 28, let's stand together for the reading of God's Word. I'm going to try to preach about 20 minutes unless God just gets in it. Amen. Acts chapter 28 and verse number 1. The Bible says, And when they were escaped, they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. When the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he had escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live." And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit they looked on him, or they looked when he should have fallen, or excuse me, swollen or fallen down, dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. Father, thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your love. Help us now to open up your word, cleanse me of sin, empty me of self. Lord, I pray you help us to get the burden off our heart tonight to the heart of this church. May your will be done. Bless and protect my family while I'm away tonight. In Jesus' name, and all the Lord's people said, Thank you for standing. I appreciate you for standing while I read the word of the Lord and prayed together. I'm just going to jump right into this. You understand Acts 27. Paul has started his third missionary journey. He is getting on the way uh, to go and he, it won't be too long until he will have his head chopped off on Nero's chopping block. He's getting ready to die and they get in that storm. They didn't listen to the man of God. You see, Paul didn't know nothing about sailing ships, but he knew something about hearing from God. Amen. And they did not listen to the man of God and they got in that storm called Heraclea Dawn and they, it beat the ship to pieces. And in Acts chapter number 27, verse number uh, 40, they had taken up the anchors and committed themselves to the sea and the rudder bands and hoist the mainsail to the wind and made toward the shore and falling to a place where two seas met. They ran the ship aground. The forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable and the hinder part was broke with the violence of the waves. They shipwrecked right here and the Bible said in verse 44 and, and the rest some on boards and 
some on broken pieces of the ship. And it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. I'm interested in where they landed at tonight. The verse number one tells they landed at a place called Melita. And I like, this is not my title. I'm going to give you my title right there at the end of the message. But I like to look at Melita as the type of a local church. I like to go to the First Baptist Church of Melita. There's some interesting things here. First of all, it was a place for the free. You know, the Bible said in verse number 42, and the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners as any of them should, uh, should swim out and escape. But in verse number 1, the Bible said, and when they were escaped. Do you remember when you was lost without God under the bondage of sin? But one day you escaped. And it's not anything you've done. It's because God intervened in your life and made a way when there was no way. And can I say this? The church is a place for those. Of course, we see people saved here, but it is the home for those who have been free. Amen. It was also a place for food. The word Melita means honey. They had thrown all their supplies off the ship. They hadn't had anything to eat in a while, but when they got to Melita, there was honey dripping all over the place. There was food for their soul. And aren't you glad we come to the house of God? We have the bread of life and the honey of the word of God that can feed our hungering soul. It was a place where the people were friendly. Bible, I'm talking about a good church here. These people, the Bible said they showed us no little kindness. Can I say the church ought to be the friendliest place in town? And I, may I encourage you in this. When people come in, you ought to shake their hand off. Amen. They ought to leave, they, no, I tell my church all the time, you know, Baptists are funny. They'll walk out and say, well, nobody shook my hand. You know that person who always said that? They never went and shook anybody's hand. I got this boy at my church. He shakes hand with everybody. And if you try to ignore him, he will stick his hand right in your face and say, God bless you. Thank you for being here today. I say, I'm the pastor here, man. <laughs> he makes me feel welcome, though. I like it. Praise God. Here's what I'm interested in. It was a place that had a fire. The Bible said they kindled a fire because of the present rain and the cold. But I said all that to say this, and I want to give a warning to this church tonight to the Faith Baptist Church in Martinsburg because this church, even though there's a place for the free, a place where it's friendly, a place of good food, a place that had some fire about it, this place also had a foe. I want to preach on this thought tonight. When the fire burns, the snakes will crawl. Now here's what's been going on the last few days. The fire is getting stirred around here. People are getting a burden for loved ones. People are praying for folks that haven't prayed for in a while. And the fire is starting to burn. And I want to come and admonish you and warn you tonight that when the fire starts burning at a church, the snakes will start crawling. I hate snakes. If you have the sense that God gave the billy goat, you'll hate snakes too. I'm only scared of five kinds. Somebody says, I ain't scared of a snake. Hey, <laughs> you crazy. You are crazy. You are cray-cray crazy. Amen. I hate a snake. Somebody says, well, I'm bigger than them. I don't care. I'm scared of big ones, little ones, dead ones, live ones, and rubber ones. Amen. I hate snakes. But you know something I do know about a snake? A snake can't move real well when it's cold. I had a friend of mine. I was trying to remember today who it was. told me I had a friend of mine went hunting, and he sat down my tree, and he sat down on a copperhead. But it was so cold outside, he couldn't move. The snake couldn't. It couldn't strike him. I said, if I would have saw that snake, he wouldn't have had to move because I would be like the rapture. I would be gone in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. <laughs> so I said, preacher, that snake won't hurt you, but it'll make you hurt yourself. <laughs> and uh, I hate snakes. 
You know what kind of snakes I hurt, hate worse than a rattlesnake or a copperhead? I hate church snakes. You see, things might have been cold around the church. And like, preacher, we ain't got no snakes here. Well, the fire not been, may not have been stirred as much as it has been this week. And I guarantee you, for Sunday after having a meeting like this, pastor, some snake's going to raise his head. Well, why do we have to have all them people in and spend all that money and look at that hotel bill and, and, and look at the, at the offering bill and I don't know what you're doing. I, I thank you for all that you do, but I just throw a Baptist church. He had us there Monday night and Tuesday night and Wednesday night and he's wanting to come out on visitation Saturday and then all day on Sunday. You know what? That's a church snake. I'll give you a few things about this church snake. Number one, this snake tried to defile Paul. He bit him. He's a venomous snake. Somebody said, well, I'm only scared of venomous snake. I got news for I'm scared of all of them. But that snake, they tell me that when a venomous snake bites you, it'll affect three areas of your body. It can't affect three areas. Number one, the brain. There are certain snake venom that will go to the brain and, and will cause brain damage and even brain failure and kill you. Can I say this? The devil wants to get in your mind. He wants to battle against your mind. He wants to put things in your mind that are not there. Well, nobody shook my hand. They must not appreciate me. Can I let you in on something? We do not go to church to be appreciated. We do not go to church so we can be worshipped and we can receive accolades. We go to church to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But you allow that serpent, the devil, to take precedence in your life, he'll begin to battle in your mind. So when you begin to think, well, nobody loves me down at the church and I don't like how they've done this at the church, mark her down. You've been snapping. Snake bit. Number two, snake blood, snake venom will also try to fight your body. Some snake venom will paralyze parts of your body where you won't be able to move like you once used to move. And here's what the devil wants to do. He wants to paralyze you so you don't draw as close to the Lord as what you would. Not only it will affect your brain and your body, but there are some snake venom that will affect blood. Now, do not misunderstand me. The devil cannot do anything about the blood of Christ. Somebody say amen. But you know what that snake venom will do? It does not remove the blood, but it will cause that blood to clot. So it's not flowing through the body correctly. So here's the point. You get snake bitten and you allow the church snakes and you allow the things of the world and the devil to get you off the focus of the church. You won't enjoy the benefits of the blood like you once did. There is a fountain filled with blood. It won't bless you like it did before. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood. It won't stir your heart like it did before. That snake wants to defile you. Number two, that snake wanted to discourage Paul. Think about all Paul's went through. I mean, he's been beaten, lied on, malt, ran out of town. Now he's shipwrecked, and he's trying to gather some sticks to put on a fire, and he gets snake bit. That'd be discouraging. He tried to discourage his work. Watch this now. You know the only one that got snake bit, Pastor, was the only one that was working? I don't, know what, I don't know what he's talking about. I get snake bit. You might not be working. Paul went over there and he gathered, gathered a bundle of sticks to put them on the fire. And the one that was working was the one that got snake bit. Can I say this? Those of you who have been witnessing the folks this week and putting more of the emphasis on souls and passing out tracts and praying and reading the Word of God and stirring your heart in revival, you're the one that's a candidate to get snake bit because you're in the work. Y'all getting a hold of this? Try to discourage his work. Try to discourage his witness. Paul's a man of God. He's there to preach. You know what? It's just like on the job. You know, you got people waiting for you to cuss when you hit your hand with that hammer. You got people that are waiting. And they all stood around when Paul got snake bit. Now, I'll say this. I'm not for cussing, but if I got snake bit, I think the Lord would understand. 
I'm not, I'm not saying it's all right to cuss. Don't misunderstand me. I wouldn't cuss, but if somebody said it, I'd say, amen, brother. But anyway, I, 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 it, but you know what he wants to do? He wants to discourage your witness. Here you are, Paul, just trying to keep the fire going down there so everybody else can enjoy it. And here you are, you get snake bit. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't witness somebody else if I was you, Paul. He wanted to discourage his will. Paul had been through so much. You know what? Quitting would have been easy. Anybody can quit. I was reading, Lord forgive me, before church, I have an ESPN app. I'm a sports fan. And, and, and if, it on, if it ain't on ESPN news, I don't see it because I don't watch any kind of news. I don't watch fake news. I figure if it's important enough to cancel a ball game, I'll know about it. <laughs> and I was reading an article about a football player that during the halftime last year, he retired in halftime during the middle of the game on the spot. He quit. And he, and he read the article. He had really some good reasons. He said, I was tired of putting my body through that. I was tired of, he said, and I lost my, but you know what? He didn't finish. You know what he's known for? Even though he had good reasons for quitting, he's known as a quitter. I don't want to be known as a quitter. Watch this. This snake also tried to detain Paul. It was present. Paul is not in a great setting. He is not in a synagogue somewhere. He's on a shipwrecked island where there's water and debris all around. It's a breeding ground for serpents. You only get snake bit when you're out there in the world trying to help people. This snake was pursuing. It went straight for Paul. This snake was persistent. The Bible said it fastened on his hand. It didn't just bite him by the neck. It fastened. It wanted to detain him. He said, I want you to stop putting the fire or the, the sticks on the fire. See, some of you, you've committed, you made some commitments this week that your Christian life's going to be different. You're going to walk with the Lord and pray and witness and pass out tracts and tell folks about the Lord. But the devil's going to do everything he can to get a church snake or get a snake in your life to hinder you. You did run well, Galatians 5, 7. Who did hinder you? Did you not obey the truth? Talking about this, this snake. Let me give this in conclusion. I'm going to keep my promise. What, what, was Paul, what, what, what do we know about this? Well, I find the reaction of the servant in verse number 5. Watch this. Paul did not lose his focus. He didn't say, I got snake bit. I'm going to quit. You know what he said? There's a fire that's got to be built. There's a job that's got to be done. He didn't lose his fire. You know what he done? He put the sticks back on the fire. Can I say this? When you get snake bit, when somebody, hey, you talk to people, and, and especially you witness people, you say, do you go to church? They'll say, no, I got hurt in church once. And I want to say, just once? I get hurt at least three times a week, and I go at least three times a week. Amen. Just once? Everybody, I get hurt. Hey, how many of y'all like Cracker Barrel? I love Cracker Barrel. You know what? I've got my feelings hurt at Cracker Barrel before. But I go back. You know why? They got something I need. They got something I like. And they got that apple dumpling that's apple, that's apple pie and pecans and two scoops of vanilla ice cream on the top. I want that. I've got hurt at church before. But you know why I keep coming back? There's something I need here. There's something I like here. There's something I want here. He did not lose his faith. He didn't say, well, man, I'm trying to serve God. I didn't get snake bit when I was persecuting Christians, but now I'm serving God. I get snake bit. 
I've met people and they got saved, and then when they got saved, the next, their world crashed in around them. They said, boy, I, this wouldn't happen if I hadn't got saved. I want to say, brother, that was going to happen anyway. God knew it was going to happen. He saved your soul, so now you've got the Lord to help you through that. The reaction of the servant. Number two, the removal of the snake. Number one, he made a decision. He could have said, oh, look, there's a snake. He made a decision and said, I'm going to get rid of it. If you got somebody in your life that's speaking negative about the church and negative about the man of God, you need to get rid of them. You need to get rid of them. I specify in killing church snakes and killing church wolves. It's, my, it's part of my ministry. I love to do it. I was preaching up in Ohio, and there were some church snakes there that I knew about. And I said, bless God, you're so, you're such, you got so much rebellion in your heart. The Bible said rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. I said, you're so much a rebel, I could throw water on you. You'd melt, you old witch. And he was a man. <laughs> it hurt the love offering, but that's all, I felt good after I said it. You know what, rebellion and things like that, it'll kill a church. And if you, get, if you have an ear for all that kind of stuff, well, why did Pastor Caldwell do this? What was the first word you said? Pastor. That's why he done it. If God had wanted you to be the pastor, he would have put you to pastor. But since he put Brother Caldwell the pastor, he must not want you to be the pastor. Everybody that's ever told me how to pastor has never pastored. Just like all the people told me how to raise kids, never had kids. You may have great advice, but you never had kids. You don't know diddly squat about raising kids. And if you never pastor, you don't know squat about pastoring. I don't care how long you've been in church. I was a preacher. I was a pastor's son. I grew up in a pastor's home. And when I, st- I started pastoring, I'm like, oh, that's why daddy didn't do it like I thought he should. He made a decision. Watch this. The detachment. He got rid of it. And then watch the direction. Which way did he get rid of it? He threw it into the fire. He said, I'm going to get rid of you. Separate yourself from that negativity. Again, hey, as long as that man of God's, and I know this man of God, as long as he's in that book, preaching the Bible, loving Jesus, loving sinners, you stand right by him. Don't stand behind your preacher. Stand beside your preacher. People that stand behind you are the ones who usually stab you in the back. But people standing beside you or even before you, they'll take a bullet for you. Amen. I'm not scolding you, church. I'm trying to encourage you. Last of all, there's a response to the sinners. That crowd, when they saw that snake bite him, pastor, they said, he must be a murderer. And they were telling the truth, he was. He was a murderer, but that was before Christ. You see, when you get snake bit, people attack your character. This church is going to receive attack for going forward for God. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know why? You have lights in this church. You have a pulpit in this church. You're going to get attacked because all these contemporary boys are moving the pulpit and dark, dimming the lights. And you staying straight, you condemn them by doing what you know is right, and they know it's right, but they're too much of cowards to do what's right. But you know what? Paul wasn't concerned about them. You know what he did? He shook it off. They changed their opinion. They said, huh, he must be a god. He wasn't a god, but he was serving a god. They, they, they observed him. They were watching him. Hey, this crowd around here, they're watching you. If this church splits from the inside, this whole community will know about it. If this church gets, if people in this church get goofy and get crossways one another over things that don't matter, the only thing you should split over is doctrine. And I ain't heard of a church splitting over doctrine in the last 20 years. They don't split over doctrine. They split over what side the piano and organ's on. They split on how much money they spend on toilet paper. They split on goofy things that God don't even care about. 
And you know what happens? The community hears about it and they said, oh, yeah. Yeah, that church, they can't, they can't keep nobody because they're always fighting and fussing. They're watching. And because Paul shook that snake off, Pastor, it gave him an opportunity to witness to him. Give me this. i got two minutes and I'm done. This church, I believe, has got a fire. I commend you, church. I believe you're friendly. I commend you. There's good food here. I've heard you preach, you preach. There's good food, good fellowship here. So let me warn you, there's a foe out there. There might be some snakes that'll slither up around here Sunday and try to detain and discourage and defile the work of God. But you know what? Just do like Paul did. Shake it off. So you know what? It ain't about the snake. It's about those sinners. More importantly, it's about the Savior. The fire burns and the snakes are going to crawl. Remember this, a snake won't... So I said, preacher, we ain't seen no snakes moving around. Because it might have been a little cooler. But you let things get stirred up around here. You let some fire get to burning. Snakes will start raising their head and start... Sounds like whispering, don't it? Watch that whispering crowd. Sounds like a snake hissing. Can I say this, by the way? That snake's a picture of the devil. That serpent is what defiled mankind and that lie, deceived mankind rather. Don't be a tool for the devil. You'll either be a target or a tool for the devil. Now here's what I want to do. I'm at 20 minutes and I'm done. Pastor, can I have a little liberty? Sister, would you come make music on the piano? Here's what I want to do to close out this conference tonight. I've kept my promise and preached 20 minutes to you. And I hope you've received what the Lord's put on my heart tonight. I've obeyed the Lord. This church had a good meeting this week. I viewed the services on Sunday. I've got to hear it all. It's been great. been great. Except for the guy that preached first last night and Monday night and the guy that preached last tonight. It's all been good. <laughs> for the guests, that's been me, all right? But you know what I think would be good on this closing night as a church, as a church family at Faith Baptist Church? Let's gather around these altars tonight and say, God, let's keep the fire burning and let's be aware that when the fire starts burning, the snakes will crawl and say, God, don't let, don't let the devil. The Bible said in Ephesians 4, neither give place to the devil. Don't be a tool for the devil. I'd rather, hey, you'll either be a tool or a target for the devil. It's your choice. It's your choice. Gather around these altars. Let's have a time of prayer as a church family. Let's ask God to set this church on fire and let the world watch it and burn for the glory and honor of God. Our Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, will we come before you tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for your kindness and your long-suffering in our life. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the blood of Christ that washed our sins away and birthed us in the family of God. God, we thank you, Lord, for the Word of God that showed us our need of a Savior. Father, we thank you for the Spirit of God that convicted us and convinced us and converted us into the family of God. Thank you, Lord, that He is our teacher and our guide, and He will guide us into all truth according to John 16, verse number 13. Thank you for that tonight. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the Faith Baptist Church here in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Thank you, Lord, for their pastor, Brother Caldwell. He's God's man in this hour. And God, I thank you for him and his family, Miss Lori and the children. God, I pray, Lord, you put a hedge protection around him and his family and his wife and his children. God, I pray you keep the devil and his demons off of them. And I pray, Lord, for this church and every family represented in this church. I pray, Lord, that you would, uh, Lord, keep them in love with Jesus and keep them in love with one another and keep them burdened 
for sinners. And Lord, most of all, may they love you and serve you and honor you and glorify you. And Lord, may we keep the main thing the main thing. And Lord, we understand the devil's not going to sit by quietly while a church is uh, witnessing and soul winning and telling folks about Jesus and supporting missions and preaching the gospel and doing all those wonderful things. Well, we know the devil's not going to sit by. We are told to be sober and be vigilant because your adversary the devil has a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And Lord, we know the devil's out there and he'd love to see this church destroyed. But Father, I pray, pray on the basis of the blood of Christ. You put a hedge of protection around this church. Father, I pray, Lord, you keep them in unity. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Lord, I pray you fill this pastor with the Holy Ghost. Fill every deacon with the Holy Ghost. Every Sunday school teacher, every lady, every man, woman, boy, and girl, fill them with the Spirit of God. May souls be saved and lives be changed for your glory. Father, I pray you let the fire burn. Lord, we know the snakes are going to crawl. But God, may we shake it off. Keep our focus on the Lord till Jesus comes. In Jesus' name.